This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello everyone and welcome in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Quill Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State drops a shocker to the hands of Oklahoma State last Friday night, 29-21. And now they have to lick their wounds and head down to Lubbock, Texas for a matchup with the Red Raiders. We're going to talk about the Oklahoma State game. We're going to talk about the Texas Tech game. But before we do, we want to let you know we are sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. The ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Monty, I don't think anybody saw that game coming. It was a shocker for many people, including all of K-State fans, coaches, and players. Losing in Stillwater on Friday night, it was really hard to watch. You know, this was um, the first time, I think, in a long time that I can remember that I was happy that I didn't see the game. <laughs> I was coaching a high school football mm-hmm. game, and, and obviously after our game was over, I, the first thing I do is grab my phone. And uh, our PA announcer was nice nice enough not to announce the score during the game based off requests from different fans mm-hmm. and, and coaches. But when I checked the phone, um, it was a lot of disappointment, to say the least. It so, was yeah. it was shocking, and I was down there. Our own Zach Carlson and I made the trip down, and it was it was surprising. I think the final score for sure, but you know, if you would have told me before the game K State would have lost, I, I would have been very surprised. But if you would have told me that's how they lost, I think that's where a lot uh, of the surprise came from. I mean, this was a team that had been typically really physical they were had been executing at a fairly high level even in the missouri game they showed flashes yeah but on friday night against the cowboys just not much went right yeah it was you know i I chatted with some of my friends um via text and social media people were kind of lashing out and then when i actually had the opportunity to watch the game for myself it it was kind of like we were in a twilight zone Mm -hmm. it was hard to understand hard to explain uh, what I was watching, it was it was disappointing uh, to say the least. But I'm not sure what went wrong. But on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, and special teams, I felt like we got our coach. I felt like they were more physical. They were more motivated than we were. Um, I don't know if it was because it was Friday night. Both teams came off a of bye week, so. I, I couldn't really understand why we weren't better prepared. It, it was shocking. And after the game uh, on his Monday press conference, Oklahoma State reporter asked Mike Gundy, basically point blank, did you feel like you outcoached them? And in the nicest way possible, Mike Gundy said, we had a game plan that they probably weren't expecting. 
And so, you know, I, I think that's pretty fair. And if you go back and you look at some of the film on that game, it, it was obvious. K-State was not prepared for some of the things Oklahoma State did. And it's hard for the naked eye to see that in live action unless you are a player, unless you are a coach. But even as a fan, if you go back and you look at that game, there are some very obvious things that K-State players saw and didn't recognize. Right, right. And in most cases, especially at this part of the season, um, most teams are going to do what they do Mm -hmm. because they've been doing it well and they have success. But coming off a bye week, you have time to install different plays. But with the Oklahoma State team, what they had been doing had not been successful. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't have been a shock to K-State that they're going to come out with something different. They came out with several trick plays, uh, reverses, fake punts. So Anything they did shouldn't have been a shock to us, but obviously it was because if we were prepared, the kids didn't execute uh, the way we thought we could or we thought we should, but if they they, uh, weren't prepared, that's on the coaches as well. So hats off to Oklahoma State. They came in with a sense of urgency. They were back into the corner. They understood what was at hand, and they found a way to win. What's amazing about that is if you go back and look at that first half, there was at least, I, th- I want to say, two reverses in the first yep. quarter that Oklahoma State did. One was a pass that I think ended up getting like two yards, mm-hmm. and then they just ran a typical reverse end around. And then they ran the fake punt in the second quarter, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we can talk about that fake punt here momentarily. That was the most obvious fake punt I think I've ever seen. Yeah. With that being said, there was definitely a false start that the officials missed. Yes. I wonder if they kind of got caught up because the officials have to move on a punt. Right. to make sure to watch holding, to watch offsides, illegal formation. I don't know if the referees maybe got caught up in the transition and the movement, right. but there was an there were some obvious false starts, some obvious players who weren't set when that ball was snapped. But, Monty, at the end of the day, we see this theme of K-State failing to execute, and that was really what plagued them in the first half. No, you're right. In, in, in the last couple of games, I felt like we've started slow, and then all of a sudden we tried to find our rhythm. And this week we just couldn't find our rhythm. You know, no matter what we did, they had an answer for it. And, and, and let me take that back. Our defense did play a little bit better mm-hmm. in the second half. I take that back. But we shouldn't have been in that situation in the first place. And it's one of those things where every team we play has started fast and we haven't. K-State special teams has made a name for themselves over the years about um, being prepared, uh, being disciplined, not making mistakes, not getting penalties. And that's just not us right now. And and I'm curious your thought on this from a player's perspective and a coach's perspective too. But the last few games we've seen, we've seen K-State win the toss and yeah. take the ball. Yeah. And usually it's worked. They've gone down and scored an opening touchdown. Well, that kind of still came back to bite them in the Missouri game. Yeah. They scored an opening touchdown on the first drive when they elected to receive. But then at the end of the half, Missouri scored and then got the ball back again. Yeah. I feel like whenever I watch really good teams that know that they can just impose their will, Mm -hmm. get the ball back, who cares if you have bad field position, just hold them out of field goal range or hold them out of the end zone. And even if you do give up a field goal, it's not the end of the world because you have faith in your offense. All the good teams feel like defer. And this was something that K-State started to do at the end of the year last year was elect the ball and receive. They've had good success on it. Right. But I have a feeling we don't see that after what happened that first drive against Oklahoma State. I agree. And I understand why K-State does it. But you alluded to it. But this is not last year's Mm -hmm. team. We got a lot of different dudes on this team and a lot of different leadership. And with the guys we had last year – continue to do it great we know what we we know who we are we know our identity right now we don't know our identity and we're not very consistent at any point of the game in my opinion mm-hmm. uh where we can be that 
uh, confidence to take the ball at the beginning of the game. You want to be able to make a, uh, corrections at halftime, and if you get the ball coming out of halftime, that's a plus. But like you said, we chose to get the ball. We try to score first, but if we can't stop a team going into halftime and they get the ball as well, it's no good. So, yeah, I'm not sure which direction we need to move in, but we'll see. I always look at what the Chiefs do as kind of a barometer for how – you know, not how to manage a game because definitely the at the NFL at the next level, there are definitely some coaching mistakes, no doubt about it. But I don't really remember. I would say the Chiefs, whenever they win the toss, they probably elected a first seventy-five percent of the time. Yeah, and it's just because they know that you know we might not have the best defense in the world, but we have faith in our offense. Now it's number fifteen is obviously not lining up for K State. It's a little different. bit different, different. but I, I still think. If K-State wins a toss this week, they're going to defer simply because, especially on the road, especially if you go three and out, the crowd is automatically into the game. So we'll talk more about Texas Tech, but that's just kind of something I saw and something that's easily fixable for K-State, no doubt. Um, Let's talk about the offense, and then we'll get into the defense a little bit. Obviously, the main headline coming out of Friday night was the quarterback play. And Will Howard, three interceptions, one for a pick six. Uh, Just give me your overall impressions of where the offense is as a whole right now. Well, obviously, you know, the quarterback position on on a good team or a not-so-good team is going to get all the press. You know, they Mm -hmm. kind of go as the quarterback goes. Even if the quarterback plays decent and the team loses, the quarterback is going to be the first person pointed to in most cases. Um Quarterback play wasn't great. You know, watching the game, Will missed some passes that he should have easily made. And on the flip side, there were some balls that should have been caught and they weren't. Uh, but there are critical situations where we couldn't produce and we couldn't get first downs to stay on the field. On the flip side, too, I'm really, really – I'm not sure – I'm not going to say disappointed. Uh, I, I'm still waiting for our O-line yeah. to – take over mm-hmm. um go prior to the game we made our predictions and i felt like our o-line was better than oklahoma state's d-line and that wasn't the case mm-hmm. oklahoma state d-line they were up for the challenge they uh they imposed their will on our offense and they kind of stymied us the first the first half so um that was a disappointment and then obviously if the o-line not doing well the running game can't get going and then uh pass protection plays the key as well so uh, as a whole, we didn't look good the first half. Nothing went right. And, yeah. and, and the, it's highlighted by that pick six. Yeah. But it is worth to remember, this is a 13-7 to game before that happens. 20-7 to game at halftime, and then K-State has to claw, claw back. You wonder maybe what happens if, even if they have to punt and they go into the locker room down 13-7, to you know Oklahoma State gets the ball, but with the way the defense had been playing, mm-hmm. maybe it works out a little bit differently. There was lots of questions after the game from fans about why Avery Johnson didn't get into the game. They asked Chris Kleiman this. We asked Chris Kleiman this after the game. He said he talked with Colin Klein and just didn't feel like that was the right time. Um, I, I don't have any issue, quite honestly, with him backing up his quarterback. Bad days are going to happen, and this is Will Howard's team. Yeah, I agree, and like, they see those guys daily. They know those guys a lot more than we do. As a fan, you want to see uh, Avery, just because um, he's, he's a highly talented recruit. We, we've seen what he's capable of a little bit, but also, even if you don't keep him in the game. Maybe create a spark. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times, I've said it before, whenever the backup quarterback comes in, no matter who you are, if you're a backup somewhere, the fan's going to be behind you <laughs> because you are the backup and you are the guy they want to see if the quarter, the starter's not doing well. So give him a chance to kind of spark the offense. And if he gets it going, leave him in for a few plays here and there. Then bring Will back in, who is a vet and who is a proven winner. 
that he can win the big games and figure something out. But like I said, I don't know everything behind the scenes. I trust that Coach Klein uh, chose not to bring him in for good reason. But I would like to see the spark somehow, and I'm not sure uh, what that would have been. But obviously, they didn't think Avery was the answer. Well, we'll find out what that spark's going to be on Saturday night. There's no doubt about it. Flipping it over to the defensive side of the ball. Jacob Parrish was out. Yep. Um, Will Lee was injured in the second quarter, was out. So you had Justice James, a guy who transferred from Tyler Juco, redshirted last year, gets his first action of the season. And Keenan Garber, a guy who is in his first full season at playing cornerback. Those are the two guys that are tasked with playing corner against Oklahoma State. And I'll just say it. I don't think they did a bad job. Does it help you're not going up against the most prolific passer in the Big 12. Yes, it does. But that could prove to be valuable experience for two guys who obviously K-State is going to have to rely on. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Oklahoma State coaches did a good job of understanding, hey, who's a new guy? Who's the backup? And they targeted Garber early mm-hmm. and often. And I, I would have to. If I'm a coach of an opposing team, I see that Parrish is out. I'm going to go after the new guy. You know, Lee's a big body. He started a few games, although he hadn't been there, uh, you know, uh, a vet vet. Mm-hmm. But I'm going after the new guy. And Oklahoma State did that. But like you said, they put Garber in some pressure situations. He may a few plays, especially on the goal line. He did. But here's the thing about it. Yeah, we lost the game, but now his confidence is building, and the coach is going to have more confidence in him. And going into a potential Texas Tech game, if Parrish is not back, and then with Lee being injured, you might go opposite of Parrish. Hopefully, Garber has the experience to, to continue to grow, and we use him in the future as well. Would you think that the reason K-State played so far back, they were playing six, seven yards off the line, not playing press coverage in the first half, is because of some of that inexperience in the secondary? Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things where, yeah, we can press a guy, we can force them to make the, the, the hard throws, but it's a lot easier for a, a quarterback like Oklahoma State's to, to throw the deep ball because mm-hmm. you can get a P.I., pass interference, or sometimes you get lucky and, and the receiver just out jumps the DB. So keep everything in front of you, make them throw the the hard passes and rally to the ball and, and keep the clock moving and give us a chance to, to win the game. So, yeah, absolutely. There was very little pressure on Alan Bowman to throw. I think that's something K-State might try and mix in some stunts, some pressures against Texas Tech because, I mean, Monty, it was just not very good. He had all day back there to throw, and uh, K-State needs to correct that if they want to improve. Uh, before we start talking about this next game, there is a positive that we have to talk about, and that is A, K-State holding Oklahoma State to five field goals only one offensive touchdown and they blocked a kick the first big special teams play of the year yeah that definitely gets lost it feels like they scored a lot more touchdowns Mm -hmm. because we were behind uh and and we didn't win the game but yeah that's awesome if you think about it we talked about it pre-show the defense showed up the second half they played so much better the second half than they did in the first half and then yes blocking that field goal special teams has been a staple in K-State football for years, and we need to get that back. You know, I'm not sure if that's going to uh, kickstart it for us. I hope so, and hopefully we see that moving forward. But absolutely, that, that was definitely a positive. And it's not necessarily returns for touchdowns. I don't want folks to think that only big plays are returns for touchdowns. Plays like a block kick, plays like a big open field tackle, a, a decent semi-return, mm-hmm. and even coming down and just tackling a guy before he gets to the 20-yard line can serve as a big special teams play and a change of momentum. K-State didn't have very many changes of momentum against Oklahoma State, but Monty, I gotta say, I'm glad we're done talking about oh, this game. Man. Put a bow on it, put it away, don't talk about it anymore. We're not gonna talk about it anymore, but you should stick around because we're gonna preview the Cats and the Red Raiders after this break ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love 
you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walk the Rum Cool Comedy alongside Monty Spiller. We are sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Make sure you're stopping into their locations all over the Kansas area, Manhattan, Overland Park, online Booth Creek Wagyu. Go in and get you some beef. Monty, K-State heads down to Lubbock, Texas to take on the Red Raiders. Texas Tech is three on three and three on the season. They've yet to have a bye week. Their losses came to Wyoming, Oregon, and West Virginia. I know Oregon is a really good team. I know Wyoming now is obviously a pretty good team. I'm not sure about West Virginia. So that leaves me kind of questioning where this Red Raider team is right now. But they did just beat Houston, and they did just beat Baylor. So they are riding a little bit of a momentum. It's a night game. It's a blackout. Once again, people like to wear black against K-State. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be quite the environment. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, for for whatever reason, whenever K-State goes to Lubbock, night game, day game, their fans show up. And probably we're similar in size. And mm-hmm. we're not, as of late, we've been a little bit more uh, known in the national media than Texas Tech. And, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is the mm-hmm. most probably famous Red Raider uh, out of their athletic department, to my, from my opinion. But um, they get up for us. But on the flip side, we get up for them. And I feel like we match up pretty decent against them, you know. I hate the fact that we lost. I know we don't want to talk about Oklahoma State anymore, <laughs> but it was it's, it's a reminder that we have to take every team seriously, and we can't go into a night game on the road again and not be ready. So I think Coach Kleiman will have the boys ready to play. Um, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. It is. Sure. One-point line right now in Vegas, I think one-and-a-half for Texas Tech is the, the line. So K-State is the underdog technically. It doesn't matter. You throw the spreads out when these kind of games roll in. I mean, this is a big game. This can define both of these team seasons. Yeah. Texas Tech, once again, they only have one conference loss. So they can control their own destiny. If they went out, guess what? They're going to be playing for the Big 12 championship. And you know what? Folks don't want to hear this right now. But if K-State wins out, they're playing for the Big 12 championship. And so it's kind of that do-or-die mentality against two teams that realistically can do that. I mean, these are two teams at the beginning of the year people were picking to play against each other in Arlington. So this is not a far-fetched thing for both of these teams to get hot and go on a run. Um, It's going to be quite the game. Let's go ahead and start talking a little bit about this Red Raider offense and how they match up with the defense of K-State. We talked a little bit about it in a previous show, but Texas Tech's quarterback, Tyler Shuck, broke his leg out for the season. Unfortunate for the young man. That steps in. Baron Morton played a little bit last year. He is a sophomore. Um, If folks want to talk about, you know, Avery Johnson, well, this is their Avery Johnson. This is a kid who a lot of the fans have been wanting to play. He is here. The difference is they've had to change their offense because Tyler Shuck was a running quarterback. Mm -hmm. Baron Morton, not so much. He has eight rushing yards on the season. So he's not going to be a guy that's going to hurt you with his legs. But Texas Tech loves to run the ball, and that's behind one of the best running backs in the Big 12, Taj Brooks. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of funny to see uh, a Texas Tech 
football team be run heavy. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech has a history of having passers um, that throw for thousands of yards. They, they sling the ball all over the yard. They have stud receivers left and right, and they speed the game up, and defenses usually leave uh, with their head spinning. But this year, um, it's different. They're a lot more physical than they have been in the past. Uh, they've always had a history of good old linemen. They usually have big guys that can move, but this year is not for pass protection. It's more so downhill running. So I think K-State matches up decent against the run game when we fit our gaps well. This will be the third game where our young linebacker core yep. have seen stuff. So I think that everything's slowing down for them. Their eyes are a lot better, and they're filling gaps and not making young rookie mistakes. So I think that will be better for them as well. And it's going to be interesting. It will be a lower-scoring game mm-hmm. than K-State and Tech normally do. But I feel like um, after our loss again, we'll be better prepared. What do you think about this linebacking core and kind of where they are right now? Because I watched – Austin Romain, he's made some great plays yeah. as a true freshman. But there's also been times where you can tell he's a true freshman. Rather it be, you know, maybe getting washed down to the inside and maybe getting fooled on, you know, a pulling guard. They run a counter, there's a cutback, and instead of sticking his ground, he mm-hmm. kind of gets washed down inside by an offensive lineman. Uh, I, I'm, I think there's some growing pains there. But overall, I, I've been pretty impressed with his performance. No, he uh, – fortunately but unfortunately, he was pressed in the starting due to injury. But – it's a blessing in disguise for him. He has the physical tools to be an all Big 12 linebacker. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt with that. And I think he, he has the attitude as well. But like you said, um, seeing things comes with experience. And I think each week, each play, each series, he gets better and better and more confident. And he's well coached and he's a disciplined young man. So I'm not worried about him, to be honest with you. I think this time uh, later in the season, we'll be talking about mm-hmm. him, like potential um, honorable mention uh, type honors. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but he is a what you want as a linebacker for future uh, K-State teams and as a leader as well. And it helps when you have a guy in Des Purnell and Austin Moore next to him who are playing at all conference levels. Chris Kleiman mentioned that in his press conference on Tuesday. One thing Texas Tech does that is pretty unique is they are a very analytical team. Mm -hmm. And we didn't talk about this in the first half, but K-State's starting to side more with those analytics. They went for two down 14. That's what the analytics tells you to do. Texas Tech goes for it on fourth down a lot. Last year in Manhattan, they went for it on fourth down a lot. As a defensive coach, how does that affect your game plan? You have to keep guys fresh and you got to understand like third and you want to get them in literally third and long situations. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, third and long is anything past five yards, six, seven. You want to get taken third and eight, third and nine, because if it's fourth and three, they're going for it. Mm-hmm. Anything fourth and three or under, even fourth and four, they're going for it. I think fourth and five, they may punt, but anything under fourth, uh, fourth and five, they're going to go for it. So you got to be ready for this true four down territory on any place on the field. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing how that works. And it, I don't think K State's necessarily in that, but there's definitely times where it's fourth and two. And Chris Kleiman has that thought in the back of his mind can I get two yards? And, you know, more times than not, I, I'm sure the statistics out there exist. I would be very curious to see what K State's percentage of going for it, mm-hmm. not necessarily getting, but going for it when it's fourth and two or less, what that is. And compare that to Texas Tech because. I would think they're pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree. And I think we both have to be that way based on the games we've played in the past. And right now our talent level isn't complete as we thought it would be at mm-hmm. this point. So you got to find ways to win. And both teams understand going for field goals aren't going to win this game. So if you're fourth and three, fourth and four, and you're on the plus side of the field, you probably go for it more than not rather than punt it because if you don't, 
If you punt it and you don't get points, the team you're playing against, Tech, they're going to go for it on fourth and, and, and potentially have two or three more chances to score touchdowns rather than field goals. So you have to look at it from that standpoint as well. It sounds fun. I mean, I love that kind of football. Bring on all the anxiety for the fans that right. you can possibly get. Right. Um, Texas Tech's receivers, they have a two-headed monster. Miles Price mm-hmm. and Gerilyn Bradley, two really big guys. And K-State, we talked about it. They hope Jacob Parrish will be back. I would probably say there's a better chance than not he is. We'll wait and see on Saturday night but how they match up with the receivers will also be something to watch because if you have a young quarterback going against young defensive backs this could be an opportunity for the defensive backs to maybe put their flag in the ground and and do something pretty special yeah i, I agree I, i'm not sure what game plan coach kleinerman is going to come with but uh, one thing that does concern me i think our, our corners struggle defending the slant mm-hmm. uh, the last couple of games um Offenses understand K-State going to be in pressure. And so what's the easiest pass for a quarterback? The quickest to get the ball out, either a quick out or a quick slant. And, and and our guys didn't do a great job of defending the slant, taking away the inside and allowing guys to get inside and get plus yards. That wasn't every case, but there's some case. And we were playing so far off that allowed the receivers to get slant. So I'm kind of curious to see if we'll come down play a bracket-type defense or bring our guys closer to the line and play press and force the young quarterback to make throws over the top. So, um, like I said, the Coach Klanderman Coach excuse me, has more film on those guys than we do, and they know what to expect. So, hopefully, we find a way to, to take away the pass game and, and force Tech into running the ball, and then we can kind of stack the box and see what happens. And it wouldn't shock me if K-State stacks the box if those corners come down and play some press coverage because, mm-hmm. in all reality, you are an added edge player when you have your corners that are kind of pressed up like that so Mm -hmm. that might be something that k-state does i I think we'll find out pretty early on what the game plan is for the defense for the wildcats flipping it over on the other side let's talk a little bit about texas tech's defense they they lost their felix and yudike uzama tyree wilson high round draft pick goes to the las vegas raiders he's gone but they run a 3-3-5 type of defense with an overhang an edge rusher that edge rusher this year steve linton leading sack getter with three sacks on the season but this Texas Tech defense has had some holes. Yeah. Their, two, their four leading tacklers are linebackers and defensive backs. But there has been times where this defense has been a little shaky. Yeah, I see DJ having a big game. Um, I think the cure-all to a struggling offense is getting the running game started. Mm-hmm. And I think DJ was frustrated last week because the O-line uh, didn't open up the holes like he was expecting them. I'm not placing blame on anybody, but I feel like he's going to run uh, with a sense of urgency, kind of like the, the good morning football angry runs. Mm-hmm. I can see DJ having a lot of angry runs and finishing off people and, and getting back on track. So I think he'll have a big day. What's so cool about this matchup for K-State is that Texas Tech does struggle to defend the run, specifically the quarterback run. And if you go watch some games against Texas Tech, that's kind of where they're vulnerable. And I've been banging that drum the whole year. Will Howard needs to run the ball. Yeah. We talked a little bit about Avery, but this could be a spot where it is kind of like Missouri, where we said hey, they're going to use a quarterback run. And then they brought Avery in. There was packages for him. I would anticipate a lot of quarterback run between Will and Avery this game. I agree. And I think it will be a win-win for K-State. If we can get the quarterback run going, that forces Tech to kind of change what they do because normally when we do have a quarterback run, we have a fullback or a running back leading up in the mm-hmm. hole, and it opens up everything else in the passing game down the field. But on the flip side, too, it allows Will to get his confidence back. 
and then also to get the fans back on his side. Mm-hmm. You know, I read the media and I understand frustration. And a lot of people were hard on Will because of the loss. But when you're quarterback, it's going to happen. But I trust that Will has big shoulders. He has thick skin. He's going to have a great week, of, great, great week of practice. Excuse me. But then get him in the run game, what he knows, and allow him to get his confidence back. Get some runs open up the offense and get them back on track. And I think as far as passing the ball goes, this could be a this could be a week where you mentioned the play action pass could yeah. really help those receivers, you know, get really one-on-one coverage and mm-hmm. you know, you got to look at it. If, if some of these produ- wide receivers aren't, aren't producing at the level that, you know, Matthew Middleton is happy with, Chris Kleiman said I answered a question or would you uh, would you play some younger receivers and he just said absolutely. Yeah. One word answer. Well, I think this could be a week where we see some of those younger guys get on the field and make an impact. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of coaches anymore, especially in today's football, I know when I was playing, uh, you can be having a great week of practice, but some coaches like, he's not ready. But a lot of times, coaches now, they have the mindset, you're a great player, but what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And if you're not consistent, I'm going to get a guy behind you a chance. And if he can come in and produce, it is what it is, and we're going to make plays. But we're trying to win as a team, and you support the teammate and go from there. But a competition uh, creates challenge, creates uh, greatness. And so if you can compete with your teammate and make them better, why not? It is always fun to me to see how teams respond after losses. Yeah. I said this on one of our uh, Go Power Cat lives on Sunday night, but K-State last year responded to losses with wins in emphatic fashion. They beat Oklahoma on the road in a game that nobody thought they'd win. Yeah. They won 48 to nothing over Oklahoma State, yeah. and they beat Baylor 38-3, to I believe. It was a score that was another blowout yeah. game. Um I just I see this as a spot. I don't think this is going to be a blowout by any means. It'll no. probably be closer to the Oklahoma game if we want to talk about comparing games to last year. But this seems like a spot where everybody, regardless of who is predicted to win, is counting out K-State. And I just think that's very dangerous to do because I've seen Chris Kleiman's teams backed up against a wall before, and they have always, always, always responded. I agree. We as K-State fans and K-State Nation, we've been spoiled. You know what I mean? We get a Big 12 championship, and we've had guys that come in and play. If it was an, It's the next man up mentality. If somebody goes down, we have another player ready to roll, and this year it hadn't been the case. But I feel like um, our coaching staff is not new to the game, mm-hmm. and they understand what's at hand. And I think we'll bounce back, and, and, and we, when we get to a picks, obviously you'll know who I'm going with, but I feel like it'll be a lot better game than people anticipate, and we can take a deep breath and, and not and not push that panic button just yet. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Am I crazy for thinking there's more pressure on Texas Tech in this game than K-State? I just, you look at it, it's a night game, it's a home game. At least with Oklahoma State, they were playing with house money. Nobody thought they would win. Mm-hmm. They, they counted them out. With Texas Tech, the pressure seems to be on them. This is a team that had high expectations. Mm-hmm. They're finally starting to roll. But then you get a team where I think a lot of people realize is K-State might be kind of uh, sleepwalking through things and they're they're prone to wake up whenever. Right. I, I feel like there is some pressure on Texas Tech in this game. It is. And Tech, unfortunately for us, but unfortunately for them, they're lacking in depth right now. And if you look at it, a lot of injury happens. Uh, and if K-State gets up on Tech, I'm kind of curious to see how they respond in a pressure situation with a, a freshman quarterback and a lot of guys who hadn't been really battle-tested uh, in, in this situation. Because, yeah, they lost to Oregon early in the year, but it's a non-conference game. This is a conference game. If you lose two conferences game early, your chances to make it into the Big 12 championship are very slim to none. Yeah. So the pressure is on them, absolutely. It'll literally be a fun one. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I'm looking forward to watching the game. As mentioned earlier, uh, Go Power Cat will be down there in Lubbock, so make sure you are tuned in. Everything on the website will 
keep you updated. Let's get into the picks segment. Let's talk about our player to click first. Give me one player you believe will have a big game for K-State. Um, I said it earlier uh, just now. I think DJ Gidden will have a big game. He is a quiet leader. Um, I call him the silent assassin. Mm-hmm. He doesn't talk much, but when he plays, you have to pay attention, and you know he's been there. So I think DJ will have a heck of a game. And and I'm just going to go out and say it. I think Will Howard is going to have a redemption game. The young man cares about K-State. Mm-hmm. He has the talent to do it. This seems like a game where Will Howard can come out, play like he can, and I don't want to say shut a lot of people up, but shut a lot of people up. I mean, I'm looking at potentially 250 yards and three touchdowns and leads K-State to victory. I, I look for Will Howard to have a really big game. And also, you know what I'm going to say? He's not going to throw an interception. <laughs> that is my bold prediction. Will Howard is throwing an interception in every game. He's going to take care of the ball. He's not going to throw an interception. You got DJ. I got Will. Now tell me what the score is going to be on Saturday night. I'm going with the Cats. Um, initially, I thought we would win just by three points. Um, but the more I watch film, the more I t- uh, we talk about personnel and schemes, I think the Cats have come out on top. I'm going to say 31 to 24. It's a great great prediction. I, I, I'm right, right there with you. I do think this is going to be a great game. I do think K-State will win. I think um, that this will be a bounce-back performance for K-State, kind of get them rolling again. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that pick Texas Tech. And rightfully so. I don't blame them. This, this is going to be a great game. You said you're going to pick them by seven. I'm going to pick K-State by seven as well. I'll say 28-21. We talked about not a lot of field goals in this game. I think teams are going to try and score touchdowns, which might maybe limit the score a little bit. Right. Um, I do think K-State's going to have some explosive plays. I think that's something that they really need to get going if they want to be successful is make some downfield throws. I, I anticipate that happening, but it's going to be a big game in Lubbock on Friday night. Excuse me, Saturday night. No more Friday night lights. Don't do that to us. No more Friday night lights. <laughs> Saturday night, Lubbock, Texas. That's all we got. Thanks, everybody, so much for tuning in. K-State, once again, Fox Sports 1. If you're driving down to Lubbock, be safe. If not, enjoy the game from the comfort of your home, and we will talk to you next Friday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.